everybody. What's going on? Welcome. Welcome. And um, so glad to see you on another Tuesday uh, in our series of Joy for the Journey. This is week 10. Can you believe it? 10 weeks and we're still shaping our mind. We're still shaping our instincts and we're still getting the power to overcome and to walk into new seasons and territories. Now today, and I know I say this every week, but I feel like this thing, and you got to let me know. I know Tackle the Text is good, and we're going to do some of that, but I need your feedback. Like, how many of you all are learning from this? I don't want to be the kind of teacher that only teaches one kind of way. Tackle the Text is one of the ways we teach. But this is just another reiteration of the same information. It's us coming together. And I know I say it all the time that, you know, I got one that's going to change your life, but I think that I'm saying it more now in this forum than I ever have before um, because I really, really, really believe that um, God has just given us stuff that's changing our life. Listen, um, today I got one. And this is going to be something that all of us have trouble doing. By a show of hands online in the comments section, how many of you have ever started something and didn't finish it? You had the greatest, the grandest idea, and you never brought it to reality. Today, I want to talk about stick with it. And I want to give you practical tips and tools on how to stick with something and see it through. Now, it's so easy to tell somebody to stick with it. It's like, you know, stick with it. That's what, that's what men do. Stick with it. That's what women do. Stick with it. That's what Christians do. But life happens, and it happens to you, and it happens to me, and it's not always easy to stick with it. But I'm going to show you. I'm not just going to tell you how to stick with it. How many of you want me to show you how I stick with it? and how you should be able to use the same format that I use to stick with it. If you're ready, I want you to type go in the comment section. All right, I think I see it. Let me look and see. Oh, yeah, the goals are coming. All right. Okay, hurry up. All right, all right, here I come. Here I come. Number one, I want you to break down your dreams into manageable steps. How many of you have ever heard this statement, Rome wasn't built in a day? Let's take Rome out. Where do you live? New York wasn't built in a day. Houston wasn't built in a day. Dallas wasn't built in a day. In fact, in every city I named, their building's going up right now as we speak. Miami wasn't built in a day. Accra, Ghana wasn't built in a day. London, England wasn't built in a day. Barbados wasn't built in a day. Abuja, Lagos wasn't built in a day. California wasn't built in a day. And in all of those places I've just named, there, there is actual building projects going on right now. That means that building is a life-long journey. Don't be frustrated because your city isn't built in a day. Anything that you can build in a day can be torn down in a second. 
So it takes time to build sturdy things. There was a study done. This is getting ready to help somebody. Ooh, I feel it. There was a study done on people who were trying to lose weight. Both sets of people were extremely motivated. Both sets of people had a goal that they wanted to achieve. And both sets of people believed that diet and exercise and a myriad of different things could contribute to the weight loss that they wanted to achieve. One group lost weight. The other group gained weight. And when they did a study to find out who gained weight and lost weight, I'm getting ready to blow your mind. (laughs) Are you ready? The people who lost weight focused on their daily caloric or calorie intake. The people who lost weight were focused on how many calories they ate a day. The people who gained weight were focused on how much weight they wanted to lose. Do I need to say that again? The people who lost weight broke their goal down into a manageable step. All they focused on was how many calories did I consume today? The people who gained weight said, I want to lose 75 pounds. And they actually gained weight. Why? Because short-term goals are effective because they take advantage of how the human brain already works. The human brain is designed for short-term stuff. So you need, I need, we need, that child you're frustrated with who can't seem to get it together, that, that spouse that is sporadic-brained individual. And you're trying to figure out, Pastor, give me something not only to help me but to help my family. Tell everybody in your house to break their goal down into manageable steps. Break your life down into these three categories. Are you ready? Break your life down into these three categories. Number one, break your life down into steps. Number two, break your life down into goals. Number three, break your life down into dreams. Steps, goals, dreams. Pastor, all right. What's a step? What's a goal? What's a dream? I'm glad you asked. Steps are things that can be completed in two days or less. So when you break your life down into steps, goals, and dreams, the things that you can do in two days, like clean up the bedroom, like open up a savings account, 
goals. Purchase the camera so I can start my photography business. That's a step. But buying the camera isn't a goal. It's just a step. <clears throat> and anytime buying the camera is the goal and it's taking you that long, then you know you're already behind on your dream. So the first thing you want to do is identify the things in your dream that should be put in the steps category. After steps, then you want to find out what's a goal. Pastor, what's a goal? A goal is a short-term thing that you should be able to complete in a week or less. And really, I would say this. Break your life into two types of goals, long-term, short-term. The short-term goal can be accomplished in a week. The long-term goal you should be able to accomplish in a month or less. Lastly, a dream. What's a dream? A dream is something that's going to take me at least three months or more to complete. So I've got my life into these three buckets, steps, goals, and dreams. What can I do in a couple of days? What can I do in a couple of weeks? What's going to take me months to do? Let's look at the life of Jesus. He was born at two. We don't see him again until he's 12. And from 12, we don't see him again until he's 30. And by the time we see him at 30, we see something that we've never seen before. At two, he's born, 10 years hiatus. At 12, he teaches doctors and lawyers, and we don't see him again for another 18 years. So he's born, we see him in the manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, we know all about his birth. He gets to 12 years old. We see him 12 years later. And we see him teaching the doctors and the lawyers. And we see him, what, his mother and father, they lose him at the custom of the feast. He's 12 years old. Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Mama, why are you looking for me? Wish ye I must be about what? My father's business. But when we get to 30, Boom, 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 boom. Water to wine. Hand reached out. Blind eyes. Crippled legs. Man laying on the bed. Woman with the issue of blood. Baptized in the muddy Jordan River by John the Baptist. Look at, look at 30. Boom, boom, boom. So he has all of these things that set him up for this trajectory from 30 to 33, it is rapid fire. But what you have to understand is that the first 30 years of his life was preparation for a life that could sustain miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. The problem with most of us is we want to do the miracles at 12 so we can retire at 30. But where is your 10 years of preparation behind the scenes that nobody sees, followed by another 18 years of preparation behind the scenes that nobody sees. So that way when your life comes to the forefront of the pages of history, because all you see is Jesus turning water to wine and you see him healing uh, withered hands and, and telling the man 
to pick up his bed and walk. But what you haven't really thought about is the criticism that came with that kind of success. And that's what isolation builds, and that's what friendless moments build, and 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 having to to find out how not to rob Peter and pay Paul at the same time. You got to break your life down. Jesus, with all of the power in the world, broke his life down into segments. I am not going to be born and perform miracles and die on the cross in the same season. I'm going to put those in three different places. I'm going to anoint David as king, but I'm not going to put him right from being anointed to being appointed. I'm going to segment his life into steps, goals, and dreams. You know, I had a a very, very prominent uh, musician here at the church uh, the other week, and he said, and this is something I want to share with you. He says, the first thing that Christians need to do is to discover their gift. He said, the second thing they must do is develop their gift. And he said, the third thing that we should do is deliver the gift. He says, but the problem with most people is we go from discovery to delivery. And we skip the development. And I am telling you that even though you want to get to delivery, you're going to have to stick with discovery and development. You're going to have to stick with isolation. You're going to have to stick with frustration. You're going to have to stick with not enough because all of that, all things work together for the good of them that the Lord has called to deliver. You will get to delivery if you don't become frustrated with development, if you don't get frustrated with discovery. Does that make sense? So you got to break your life down into categories, into manageable steps. Let me give an example. I, I read at a minimum a book per month, at a minimum, sometimes two. People ask me all the time, and I know there's some avid readers out there saying that's all, but it's, it's for people like us, you know, us regular people who are not geniuses. I'm not a speed reader. Sometimes I get distracted. I'll read the same sentence over and over and over and over again. So how do I read a book a month? The average book has 250 to 300 pages. There are 30 days in a month. So in order to reach my goal of reading a book a month, I break it down into steps. I read 10 pages a day. If you read 10 pages a day and the book has 300 pages, by the end of the month, you would have read an entire book. You see how easy that is? Now, if I tell you read a book a month, you'd be like, oh, my God. But I would say read 10 pages a day. You see how easy that sounds? Because you have broken it down into steps. Here's the next thing you have to do to stick with it. You need to find some like-minded people. You need to get away from people who you just share a birthday with. Find somebody who you share a mindset with. Stop being friends because y'all share the same zodiac sign or you share the same high school you graduated from or you go to the same church or you're part of the same book club. Love all of that? That ain't enough to be friends. 
do you and I have the same mindset? Is there any synergy in how we think? This is good. So the goal is to figure out what you want to do first. It has to immediately be followed by who you're going to do it with. How many of you all do CrossFit? You ever, you ever notice like uh, these little niche things like nine rounds and CrossFit? You, you find you a little tribe and everybody goes at the same day at the same time. One of the producers asked me, said, what time do you go work out? We go to the same gym. He's asking me that. You know what? And if we get together and, and we pick the same time, it's, it's probable that both of us will work harder because we created a community around a thing. We found that we both want to do something, and we both do it together. And guess what? We have to both do it at the same speed because I cannot be a weightlifter running a mile with somebody who wants to just ride the bike like-minded. And there's nothing wrong with the bike rider, but that's for the people who go to spin class, another like-minded group. Alcoholics Anonymous, another like-minded group. Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD, another like-minded group. Weight Watchers, another like-minded group. And no matter what your political affiliation is, Republicans, some like-minded people. Democrats, and you'll have splinters and all of those, but you get the idea like-minded group. You have to be around people when you're trying to stick with it who are like-minded. Let me give an example. It's, and it's really called, theoretically it's called what, what we call the social magnet. That people who think alike are somehow attracted to one another. When people are doing the same things, you get power. Um, Acts chapter 16 says, and at midnight. Paul began to praise God. Oh, no, that's not what it says? Okay, because I, I, just, I think I just felt some of y'all trying to check me. It didn't say, uh, Paul, what, what, what did it say? Acts chapter 16, well, let's go there. I want to know because I feel y'all trying to check me. Uh, oh, and at midnight, Paul and Silas? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it says. Two like-minded people. Paul gets all of this credit for praising, but I don't think the bars would have opened if he wasn't with a like-minded praiser. If Paul was praising and Silas was complaining, those bars would be closed today. But because two people in a tough situation got on the same page, doing the same thing, and, and had a like-minded perception of what needed to happen next so that they could see what was next, the bars flew open. And I'm telling you that the reason why you are entangled and enraged and encaged is because you're trying to do a thing in the company of people who are not for the release. You got to be around people who are for the release if you want to release. 
You got to be around like-minded people. If anybody listening to me right now and watching me, if you work for people who you're not like-minded with, you get disgusted when you go to work. You're looking at the clock. I cannot wait to get out of here. They can give me this check, and I'm leaving. And the whole time you're looking for something else. Why? Because we're not like-minded. I thought we were. You presented yourself like we were like-minded, but I found out later on that what you wanted was my mind so that you could borrow what was in my head and put it through your operation so that you could borrow what God gave me. Anybody feel like that? You got to get around like-minded people. And you ain't always related to like-minded people. You're not always lifelong friends with like-minded people. You have to find like-minded people. Next thing you need to do, take advantage of human nature in order to reach your goals. Now, we all know that we all have basic human needs. What? Food, shelter, sleep, social interaction. The pandemic showed us that social interaction was absolutely necessary. But look at, look at this. Studies show that social interaction does the same thing to the brain that feeling warm. You ever had that warm feeling? You ever walked in a toasty room and the heat is just right and, 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 and there's a candle burning and, and all of your senses are firing? They say that social interaction affects the brain in that same way. But studies also show that if you feel rejected, your brain acts the same way as when you are physically harmed. So when you're rejected, it does to your brain the same thing that hitting your toe on the edge of the bed does in the middle of the night. That's what it does to your brain. So watch this. When I look at people who quit and can't stick with it, I see people who stay in the company of negativity. And when you stay in the company of negativity, it is equivalent to being in pain. And when you are in pain, you cannot stick with it. Why? Because you have to stop what you're doing to focus on where you hurt. <laughs> Who, watching me today, has ever been guilty of taking your eyes off of your dreams because you had to pay attention to your drama? That you had to take your eyes off of your plans so that you can put your eyes on your pain? Who will be honest and say, PK, that's me. I couldn't focus on what I was supposed to do because I was too busy looking at what I was going through. I couldn't focus on the dream. I'm behind because I was in so much pain that I was just trying not to hurt. Nehemiah said, baby, you got to learn to fight and pray at the same time. And one of the ways you can Get away from the draining energy that keeps you from sticking with it. It's making sure you're around like-minded people. Let me give you a scripture. Proverbs 13 and 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. When you don't have a strategy for getting away from fools, you will harm yourself. Your dreams, your goals, and your steps. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care if you have to take a pay decrease. 
get away from fools. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I don't care what you have to do. I don't care if you have to file for government assistance. I don't care if you have to get a small loan from your parents. I don't care if you got to go to the credit union to get enough money to get you through with your bills until your next opportunity comes. But let me tell you, people who stay around fools just for the sake of getting something done, you will harm your destiny. I am preaching to somebody right now, and it might not feel good, but it is an application you need to hear. Get away from fools. Hallelujah. The companion of a fool will suffer harm. Let me finish it this way. How many of y'all uh, know this term, life hacks? You ever seen these life hacks? Like, one life hack I saw, and there's a lot, a lot of dope stuff out there. You know the 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 spring that comes in an ink pen? I've seen people wrap that around their iPhone charger because you know how it breaks at the end? The life hack, the spring keeps it from breaking. Who would have known? I saw a painter one day painting. He put a rubber band around a paint can, and he used the rubber band to scrape off the brush to keep the excess paint. Who would have ever thought? Like, like the emoji, just, just that's just genius. I saw one thing online, and and I've never done this, but but it may help a lady that she actually was using a spoon to put on her eyeliner. Dope, right? And I said, Pastor, how do I get this? She used the edge of the spoon to get that joint going on. Life hack using ordinary things around to do normally difficult things. You know, I thought we got so many life hacks. I thought I'd end this by giving you some spirit hacks. Some spirit hacks on how to stick through it, through things that you already have in your possession. Number one, prayer. <laughs> Matthew 17 and 20 says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, I say unto you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to be removed. However, this kind does not go except through fasting and praying. I hear so many people talking about speak to the mountain and it will be moved. It will. But it would only happen if the speaking is preceded by fasting and praying. Prayer. Number two. You ready for the next life hack, spirit hack? Tithing. I know you don't turn it off. We only got five more minutes. You might as well stick with me right now. Tithing is a spirit hack. Malachi 3 and 10, bring ye the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in the house. Test me on this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I won't open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing there will not be room enough to store it. You'd be surprised what being faithful to God in giving will do for your receiving. Third spirit hacking, we're done. Second Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly divining the word of truth. When you pray, give, and study, God will give you 
supernatural power to stick with it. How many of you have ever made a mistake? How many of you have ever allowed your mistake to make you almost quit? Well, my brother, my sister, you got two options. You could either deny Jesus like Peter and stick with it and preach Pentecost, or you can betray Jesus like Judas, not stick with it, and hang yourself. God I serve is a God of mercy and grace. And if you have the propensity to stick with it, God will stick with you. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just wanted to tell you today, stick with it. God, right now, give us the power to stick with it. I cancel the culture of quit. I cancel the demon of don't. We are finishers. The handiwork of Jesus created in Christ Jesus for such a time as this. Give us the power to stand. And after having done all we can, we'll stand. Jesus name. Amen. Listen, we're going to give you an opportunity to exercise one of those hacks right now. I want you to get your gift. The one that God spoke to you about. The amount that he spoke to you about. I'm believing that we're going to break strongholds with our giving in 2022. We, you and I are going to be the benefactors of our faithfulness as they put the instructions on the screen I don't want you to give out of habit I want you to give out of obedience and as you give out of obedience God has to also be obedient to himself he will open up the floodgates of heaven and as Paul Morton said he'll let it rain on you I'm praying that God will let rain come in your life, that money will come from directions and offers that you are not anticipating in the name of Jesus. Do you receive it? God bless you. You give those gifts. Y'all to do the rest. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week.